2: Look out, it's only
3: films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein, I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a chocolate malt and I love films. As Aristotle once said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Knowing it's cool to go to the cinema on your own is the beginning of all great movie trips. Smart man. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Kevin Smith, Barry Jenkins, Sharon Stone, and even Bed Bambles. But this week, it's the brilliant comedian and award winner and star of his own HBO special, Mr. Leo Reich. Get over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and videos with Leo. You get the whole episode uncut and ad free. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Leo Reich is an excellent comedian who took the Edinburgh Festival by storm and then went on to record his special for HBO. I saw his show live and it was excellent. Definitely worth seeking out. and You can find it on Now TV and HBO and lots of other places. We recorded this on Zoom a little while ago. I think it's a brilliant one and I think you're really going to love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 285 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and good evening! It is films to be buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by an actor, a writer, a performer, a singer, a dancer, a model, a comedian, a groundbreaker, an award winner, a Gen Z-er, the voice of a generation, that generation being the Z, a... <laughs> Legend, a person that broke the mold and the internet. He's bigger than that picture where Kim Kardashian had the champagne on her bum from above. He's a legend and a superhero and one of the greats. He's here. Can you believe it? Please welcome to the show. It's the wonderful,
4: it's Leo Ray. Oh my God, what can I say now to live up to that? Superhero, you said. You are going to have to speak because it is a podcast. So Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Hopefully we'll come up with
3: some stuff uh, to fill the time. It's lovely Mm -hmm. to see you. Thank you for doing this. You're in London. I am in New York. Thank you for having me. My God. Thank you for doing this. We haven't really hung out before, but I did see your show, which is now on HBO of all places. I know. Can you believe it? Mad. I can't believe it. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> what a cool thing. I saw your show at the Soho Theatre. The I Soho remember. Theater, and um, it was brilliant. It was fucking brilliant.
4: Thanks. It was so nice of you to come. I, that was uh, that show was the biggest out-of-body experience because it was half like, uh, com- like comedians like yourself that I admire and I'm nervous to perform in front of and then half oh. um, everyone I went to primary school with. Oh my God, what a nightmare show. <laughs> it what was a fucking really nightmare
3: weird. show. It was
4: really weird.
3: Which, which is worse? Which is worse? Co- doing it in front of comedians or doing it in front of people you went to school with? If you had to pick, I think
4: they're bad in like exactly opposite ways. Yeah. Well, like the comedians, you really, really want them to like it and think that you're cool and interesting. And the primary school people, you kind of almost want to not like it and want to be like, I'm different. You don't know me. I'm not <laughs> just a little kid anymore. I'm crazy. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Do I? But it felt like a dream, you know, when someone from your primary school turns up in your dream.
3: Yeah. Did you have and the fear that the, that the primary school people would sort of heckle, like,
4: this isn't you? Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. it's also like, they didn't say that they were... Have you ever had that thing where someone doesn't say that they're coming, but then does sit in the second row? Oof. So it's for, like, <laughs> Pulling the like, first five minutes of the show was me walking onto the stage and being like, oh my God, I haven't seen you <laughs> since year four. And now I'm going to deliver an hour of jokes about anal to you what it's very strange. we have a very strange relationship at this
3: point oh my god also people that you don't know well or people you haven't seen for many years are always the people that say hey we'll come to your show and heckle i know you always go like why why do you hey why do you say that b why do you think that's (laughs) a fun thing to say
4: and c why have you said that (laughs) They also always turn up to the the worst ones. Like yeah. it's always like a rip, your first work in progress of new material, and there are four <laughs> people there, and you you know all of their mothers. It's like so strange. <laughs> yeah, why are you telling us this stuff? And I guess I shouldn't. I mean, we. Should, I, I'm very grateful. I hope they. Keep oh yeah, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> But isn't uh, the the fear of having a bad gig in front of anyone you know, the thing that I had, I had a bad gig uh, a while ago, and it was like the first bad gig I'd had in fucking ages. And it's such a like profound thing because there's no way, when an audience doesn't like you, there's no way of sort of explaining to them that you're good at this. <laughs> like it's such a weird <laughs> yeah. thing where you sort of go, you can't say, oh no, I'm I'm funny because they're going, but we don't. There's no evidence. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go, it's the most terrifying thing in the world. I can't prove it because you seem to. <laughs> yeah, you want to get.
4: Decided. You want to like get up the reviews on your phone and be like, "This is good." <laughs> you do realize this is good, right? This is good. Honestly,
3: there are other yeah. people, it, but it's such a mad sort of existential feeling where you're sort of like, "Well, I guess you're right. I guess this." is I know, and you're because... so
4: outnumbered as well. You're so outnumbered yeah. by them, all of them, in their little seats, crossing their arms and frowning, thinking they're <laughs> so clever. And you just want to go like, I, I'm replacing you with all new people tomorrow. Yeah. And they'll love people, it. Why not be more like them? That's
3: so funny <laughs> to shout at an audience. Tomorrow's people are going
4: to fucking love this.
3: <laughs> well, also with your show, listen, and I say this genuinely, I can't imagine you ever having a bad show for a number of reasons. Uh, and it's very high energy, your show. And it has music and it has dancing and it has singing. And it has, it's kind of so forceful that I can't imagine an audience not getting on board with it. But did you ever have like a, oh my God, bad show?
4: Yeah, that's very oh, really? sweet of you to say, but that is not, um that's not my lived experience of performing oh, the show, I wouldn't say. It was, it's usually, fi- it usually got fine by the end, but especially when I did it in the States, there was a real thing of like, <laughs> you because it's all like kind of ironic. Yeah. And it kind it really relies. The whole thing relies on the audience knowing that I'm joking.
3: <laughs> right. And and not <laughs> yeah, and that. not
4: thinking this is a sort of earnest, like confessional show about my yeah. real life. And I in especially in the States, it would sometimes take a good 40 minutes for people to start no. going, Oh, he does maybe he's not like this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. It's crazy. Sometimes they would clap after um after there's like a lot of things where like there are earnest setups of like there should be more more diversity on love island or whatever and full round of applause people going yes (laughs) what anyway yeah
3: because i think the more i think about this a lot like i know there are like comedians who like a real sort of low energy deadpan sort of throw it all away And I always think when you're like that, it's like, well, it's easier to have a bad gig when you're like that because you can sort of pretend you're not doing anything. You'd be like, well, you're not meant laugh. I'm not doing anything. Whereas, and then there's middle version, then there's your version, which is like, (laughs) it's so full on that if they're not laughing, fuck, you've really committed, (laughs) you've really gone for it. There's no way you're going, I am doing something here. You're definitely doing something.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. In Edinburgh, there were a couple, because you know that classic thing happens where I got a couple of good reviews really early and then the late show the latest shows in the month got like booked up by like and I say this with so much love in my heart old people um, (laughs) who in general don't like the show so much and there's something so devastating about by the end of that show because I was in a little box I was drenched with sweat and like panting having run around for an hour and the t- 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 for the lights to go down and then come up for the applause. And it's just like a light <laughs> smattering with like God. very confused faces. Meanwhile, there's like eyeliner running down my face. I've given, I've given them everything and they're going, oh God, I, he seems unwell. It was <laughs> really just humiliating.
3: Oh God. <laughs> oh, that makes me stressed. Can I say something serious about your show? Yeah. And we can and we can cut it if it makes you uncomfortable. (laughs) I thought about your show a lot after this. It's very, very funny and it's very like it's it's just like a wild ride and it's really fun. Uh, but actually we've thought actually that it was like sad, as in that there's a a kind of howl, if I may be so serious, that it's sort of a howl in that it's so ironic and it's layers of irony and irony and irony, and it's kind of seems like a scream into the void, like what, what can we do? <laughs> like what matters? <laughs> because it's so hard to make sense of it all that there's layers upon layers of layers now that it's very hard to be sincere and to be emotional because everything's become so uh diluted. I don't know what the word is, uh layer, 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 dilute. Uh mm, taken out of context moves into things mm-hmm. that what are, what are we <laughs> is what it's sort of like it actually like was quite sad yeah and, as like I, a statement of the times is
4: that yeah fair? that's so that's uh, yes i mean <laughs> it always makes it sound so unfunny but mm. it's I, yeah i think it's it's hopefully meant to be that i i okay i've wanted it to be sad definitely
3: Okay. Yeah. It really depressed me. Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Great. <laughs> great. Because sometimes people... its The other weird thing about doing it, like so many times, is that people have really weird reactions to it. People would go like, oh, it was so great because I have a son your age and he's gay. And that made me feel way better about that. And I was like, what? <laughs> that made you feel better about it. Like, okay. It didn't make me feel better about it. I'm scared mm. for your son. Mm. No, it was definitely like like a kind but of, I guess that the like core of it is, like you said, like a, a kind of inability to be to say anything that feels authentic or to speak about the very like real material problems that we all know yeah. are going on is that like, yeah. it's just impossible to find any language that feels like it can deal with those problems or talk about those problems in a in a way that's affecting or interesting or doesn't feel kind of shallow or kind of like an ad. I think the, the, I, think yeah. So much of it was, so much of like writing it was like watching loads and loads of ads and taking all the stuff out of ads and being like, this is hysterical. This is an ad yeah. for like, I don't know, like a bank and it's talking about kind of diversity and inclusion, which simultaneously doesn't advertise the bank and also sort of debases like the language of diversity and inclusion and makes it meaningless. And it's just like watching that stuff, it was especially over lockdown, just made me feel insane. So I felt like I had to run around on stage yeah. for an hour and scream.
3: I guess. Yeah, well, it, it's fucking great. Yeah, I mean, it really did. It was like a really, really, really fun ride, really entertaining. And then at the end, I was very sad. <laughs> I went home sad. Good. So, yeah, I'm glad. Well done. Yeah.
0: That's
4: my
3: favorite reaction. Yeah, I was depressed for a week. So thank you, very, five stars. <laughs> Saw your comedy, <laughs> depressed for a week. No, it's brilliant. Are you starting a new one? Are you mid a new one? Do you feel incredible pressure of a new one, given the massive success of the first one? Are you just um, having a time? I, I,
4: want to, I haven't started a new one, but I, I think, I don't know. I've been talking to other comics. So I wonder how, how do you feel about it? I feel like I want to make it really different to the first one. And that might take a really long time.
3: Interesting. Yes. I think, do uh, well, you know what? If I may, serious answer. Yeah. I think that's brilliant and do exactly what you want. And you're an artist and continue to be an artist and follow whatever thing you want. I think there is a strange reality often with critics. I think, where basically, if you do something different, some of them will be like, well, I I liked the other thing. They're just going to compare it to the other thing. And that's it. Just basically ignore whatever anyone says. Because then if you also do the same, but more, they'll say, it's the
4: same, but more. Yeah, it's weird. Comedy reviews are so strange. That's a whole, that's that's another podcast. But that's, what are they up to? don't know. What, What are they doing? It's, every single one has some, something baffling in it. Some, yeah. you're, they, I've never read a single review of a comedy show where I haven't been sort of baffled at, at least one point <laughs> by what they've chosen to say.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's like with anyone, anyone who talks about comedy, I will not name the person. There is someone in comedy that I know lots of people that like slag this comedian off and they go, he's rubbish. And I go, well, he's not. Like he takes the roof off. He does exactly yeah. the job of a comedian. I've been in the room. He's an amazing comic. You might not like it, but he is a good... There's no... How can you... You can't. Look at the roof coming
4: off. Well, it's like when people... I always get really annoyed when people are like, um, that's not comedy. Like, is the the reviewer's like, that's not yeah. actually comedy. It's like, well... Yeah. Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it might be, like, bad. You can say it's bad. Yeah. It's, but it, it is, is comedy. comedy. <laughs> we are w- all watching it, and it's comedy. Yeah. You know what? It's, it feels like a kind of, like... <laughs> I don't know. It feels like people think they're doing something really clever by going. Actually, actually, if you really think about it, that's not comedy. (laughs) It's like, well, actually, I did think about it, and it is.
3: Yeah, I sort of went to it thinking it was comedy, and I laughed. Yeah. So, so you haven't started a new thing. Like, it's a big deal. You obviously built that show you did for a long time, and it has been a huge thing. Have you let go of it? You done with that show? Is it was that a a joy to let go of having done it for so long? It was a joy to let go of. Right. To be
4: honest. Well also cuz I was cuz it cuz it's first show it's like classic first show thing where you uh, pretty much every joke you've ever written is in it or everything that you thought was good enough to say on stage is in it and I think that the, there's at least one joke in the show that I think I probably wrote when I was 18 and I'm just like that is enough we can't be saying that <laughs> I'm an adult man now I don't want to be I don't want to be saying the words that an 18 year old boy came up with professionally that's so okay. strange Also, it was helpful because the special came out on the 16th of December. So I think something about the year ending Mm. and it's like, New Year, I'm done being a comedian. (laughs) (laughs) What next? Teacher? I don't know. Something. Could be. Could Could be. be. Not saying no.
3: That'd be nice. Well, there is something I forgot to tell you, actually. Go on. And I was thinking this when I first... Well, when we first logged on and I... We were setting up. I probably should have told you then. Because I I did make a note of it as well. Hold on. Mm. Um, Oh, you've died. You're dead.
4: You're kidding.
3: No, I'm actually not. You're dead. Fully. Fuck. Yeah. That's
4: just a lot of my plans. How did you die? Um, I walked off something because I was on my phone. I oh, right.
3: Like a pier or a, a pier. bridge. Yeah. A,
4: a, a pier. <laughs> I popped off a pier because I was on my phone doing so. I was sort of engrossed in um, looking mm. at the names of the people who'd viewed my story, I think probably. Wow. Think. So you were what, like oh, yeah. like you're in
3: Worthing. You're in Worthing Pier, and you I was left in Worthing, a little yeah. they left a little gate open and you were like looking down at your phone, just walked off the end of it.
4: Yeah, but at least now I get to have um, on my gravestone, he died as he lived walking along Worthing Pier. (laughs) Looking at at his his Insta stories.
3: (laughs) Looking at his own Insta stories.
4: Yeah, his own Insta story. I would say, actually, I'm going to come out as saying that by far, the person whose Instagram stories I view the most during the day is my own. I'm constantly checking back in at my own Instagram story. (laughs) So I I think I try and do that thing where, if you ever do this where you're like, what, like, you, you try and almost forget that you've posted it and be, and try and uh, <laughs> look at it with, with the fresh eyes of a stranger <laughs> being like what would I think
3: <laughs> of me? Uh, how often do you chuckle to yourself looking at your own Insta story and say wistfully that's brilliant that is.
4: Yeah. All, all the time. <laughs> all the time. I'm also, <laughs> I also sometimes if I'm having a sort of like um, crisis of personality I'll just scroll through my own instagram page to sort of remind right. myself sort of what i'm like
3: <laughs> yeah your successes <laughs> yeah that's great yeah. so you fell off worthing pier was the tide out you just smashed into some rock
4: tide was out yes yeah, so i hit rock yeah fuck jesus i know, it, didn't, it wasn't even a dramatic splash situation it was
3: just full like thud. i think it was rock. more dramatic because of the rocks to be honest but yeah I, I don't the sound was different people didn't notice for a while
4: Yeah, you know when, like, a ball hits wet sand? That kind of, like, thwack.
3: Horrible, actually.
4: I know. It's so humiliating to die with a thwack as well. It's like, come on.
3: That's right. Wow, God, that's tragic. But, I mean, it really helps the sales of your special.
4: Yeah, and really, that is the point of being alive, in a way.
3: Yeah, yeah. Do you you worry about death?
4: No, I actually don't. I worry about... (laughs) And, and this is going to be so profound. Go preach. I worry about being alive more than time. Yeah, I'm gonna stitch that on a t-shirt. Scared of death, honey? I'm scared of being alive. <laughs> totally fair. Very I scary. Like the death, death will be a huge relief to us. I mean, to me, and to, to I imagine many members of my family and close friends? Um, <sighs> Just get it done. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm. so overthought. I'm so anxious. Yeah. It'll be like heaven. It'll be literally like heaven. <laughs> yeah, it will
3: be literally like heaven. Yeah, that's a that's a hot take. It is scary being alive. It's scary being alive. But that's just so your your view of death is it's not gonna be scary. And that's nice.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be that scary. Well, also, like the thing about life is famously, I, I don't know if, <laughs> if you've heard this, it's finite. So every day it's like yeah. better make sure, I fill it with stuff. Better make yeah. sure it's worth my time. Whereas mm. death, it's like take, don't worry, stay in bed all day. There's yeah, more yeah, of the yeah. same tomorrow.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's true.
4: Don't you worry about don't worry about a thing.
3: Death has a real kickback quality. Like just <laughs> have a stroll. Like, you know, you can yeah, walk around well bad. and clear. You, you don't need to check your phone yet, you got time.
4: Exactly. You I got... don't think I'd use my phone even. I think the I whole that. I think I think I only use my phone because I'm trying to maximize my time on earth in some way. So when
3: people ever say it, stop looking at your phone, your answer is life is finite.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I often say that to my mum at dinner. <laughs> life is finite. There's I only Mother, have a, life is I have a number of chances to look at my own Instagram story. This is it's, it's brilliant. In tomorrow, yeah, <laughs> is brilliant.
3: So you do think there is an afterlife? That's pretty chill. Afterlife.
4: I don't know. Well, again, I feel like because I feel I'm sort of in this relaxed space Mm. vis-a-vis death in general. Yeah. I would genuinely say I don't get the kind of why is everyone so hysterical about whether there's an afterlife or not? I don't care about that. I've never met I'm like, yeah, maybe. But guess what? I'll be dead and everything will be endless. Yeah. Doesn't matter
3: anymore. That's interesting because I guess when people like people like God, I hope there is, those are the people that probably want more life.
4: They just want to be alive.
3: Let's not worry about that.
4: Yeah, exactly. And it feels like they're forgetting when they're talking about an afterlife, they're yeah. forgetting the crucial element of the afterlife, which is that you're dead.
3: Yes. Well, you you don't like the the word life in afterlife.
4: I don't like the word life like, in afterlife.
3: You're just hoping for less live. life after death. Yeah. You don't want this, this stress. It's you just funda- want after. It's the
4: fundamental quality of it is that it, you're not alive.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting.
4: It feels like a case of missold. You know, but they're really misselling that.
3: Yeah. It's just afters. You just want it to be an afters.
4: It's an afters. It's an endless afters. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just everyone fucking mumbling on pills.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: But yeah, not at I've the paranoid or, phase um, yet.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, good news, I suppose. In a way, depends. There is a heaven, but it's okay. like an afters. And the good bit. And it's filled with your favourite thing. What's your favourite thing? Um, food. Right. Oh, it's food. It's like a, it's like a giant buffet, but like... <laughs> covid free (laughs) just a huge buffet it's like a mall you know those like round the world buffets but Mm -hmm. it's good shit i love that
4: that's a real um like childhood holiday Mm. thing to me of like being let loose on a a round the world buffet
3: that's what it's like the
4: individual cuisine is like butchered in a way that you couldn't possibly imagine no
3: area accurately represents the country it's supposed to be uh, repping. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's like in heaven. Yeah. I'm uh, good. Yeah. And you'll love it. And everyone's very excited to see you. <coughs> Big fans. They love your Insta stories. You, when you arrive in heaven, they're chuckling. They're looking at it, chuckling, they're going, that is brilliant. And uh, you walk in, they go, oh my God, he's here. And uh, they all want to talk to you about your life, but they want to talk about your life through film. The first thing they ask you is, what's the first film you remember seeing,
4: Leo Reich? The first one I remember seeing is Finding Nemo. Shit, the bed. Yeah. That is a hardcore first film. It's a hardcore first film. And I remember it. I'm not, it can't be the first film I saw because I think I must have been like four or five. But I went to the cinema to see it. And we were on holiday and it was Disneyland, Florida. And they did wow. one of those like, 5D experience, whatever things where they like spray water and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember um, the beginning of Finding Nemo. What happens is a huge barracuda comes and like mass murders the eggs and the wife of the Mm -hmm. main fish, (laughs) fish one. Yeah. Yeah. And then swims off into the darkness of the depths of the terrifying ocean. And as this is happening, my 5 year old face is being like, the, the seat's like moving around and I'm being sprayed with water. I lose my fucking shit and leave. I'm like, I have to get out of here. I'm like sobbing. Let's go. I've had enough. So I don't watch any, a single, one more frame of the film Finding Nemo. So to me, for many years, Finding Nemo was a very short, quite formally experimental Trauma. Animated art film about death
2: <laughs>
4: mm. right from the jump. I mean, really, they do just like land you in it. It's a devastating film. It's fucking heartbreaking
3: for yeah. most of it. Sure, there's a couple of jokes here and there, and there's some lovely side characters, but it's a devastating film about a father trying to raise a
4: child. Absolutely. It's heartbreaking. Oh, I, I mean, it's also, of course, one of the best films in the world. Yeah. Because it's, at the same time, absolutely fucking hilarious. It's so funny. It's so that fish. Upbringing. That fish cannot remember a thing. That's hysterical. <laughs> that fucking idiot fish. That fucking fish. <laughs> and you're in the audience are going, Dory, love, write it down. Dory, babe, listen. You're, thank you like for lighting up five this film. Five times this scene you've forgotten something. You're kidding.
3: <laughs> but... Then fucking Doreen makes you cry at the end. Just when you think you're safe, you're always like, oh, safe with
4: Doreen. Caesar I know some, right, brilliant, love. Br- some brilliant voice acting from Ellen, I yeah, think. Amazing. And also gra- ingrained in my memory, which is actually a very clever meta element of the film P. Sherman forces you Wally Wee Sydney. Sydney. We'll, we'll never forget it. Yeah,
3: amazing. So, what is the film that made you cry the most? And are you a crier? Are you the I'm town crier? I'm a huge crier. Huge yeah. crier.
4: I- to the extent where I feel like, I, as a connoisseur of crying in films, which is maybe my favourite thing to do in the world, I feel like there's two answers to this question, because there's okay. happy cry and there's sad cry. There's like kind of, oh my God, the joy of being alive. It's also moving and beautiful. And to me, that is It's Wonderful Life, of course, Wonderful. is the, the quintessential, I'm on my hands and knees, just bawling my eyes out from minute one. And then sad cry, I think probably Grave of the Fireflies,
3: Fucking hell.
4: Which is Jesus. just like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. Just what? Could, these children are contending with the the harrowing magnitude of war and they're yeah. animated. Yeah, It's mad.
3: It is a cruel trick of animation where you're like,
4: eh, I
3: don't know why at any point we assume we're going to be all right with a cartoon, given that all of the cartoons are absolutely devastating.
4: I know. I don't know. There's something There's something in, in my brain that, that sees a cartoon and goes, this can't hurt me. And then cut to an hour and a half later, and two children are mourning the loss of their hometown being destroyed in a nuclear war. <laughs> mm.
3: Have you ever seen When the Wind Blows? No. Have you ever seen When the Wind Blows? is a film uh, by the man who made The Snowman. And it is a, a British film about uh, a, a lovely, very sweet, lovely couple living in their house and a nuclear bomb goes off in the distance and very slowly over the course of the film they die of nuclear poisoning. And this is <laughs> fucking horrendous. And it's just them going like, Oh, we'll just make make a nice cup of tea. And one is like they start sort of coughing and like, I feel quite I feel quite tired.
4: And it's fucking <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> you the do fight. think I mean that is the kind of stuff you're getting pitched at and afters. Someone is like <laughs> Off their head and going, Yeah, I just want it, I just want it to be about the mundane decay. Mm -hmm. And it's a metaphor for how life in a way is just slowly dying. And you're like, God, who are you? Did I meet you at the club?
3: And he goes, I made the snowman. And they go, Oh (laughs) fuck, that was a hit. Okay.
4: (laughs) Yeah, what were you doing at G A Y then? Aren't you old?
3: (laughs) (laughs) What? Is the film that made you cry? No, what we've done that one. What is the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? I love being
4: scared. Do you like being
3: scared? I love being scared in films.
4: Uh, yeah, in films. I love it. I don't know why. Yeah. I, just, I guess a little, I don't know. But um, the thing that I, I think there was, there was like a moment, you know, when you start watching scary films and it is like genuinely, gutturally terrifying because you haven't like learned the tricks yet. Yeah. So every single one gets you. And weirdly, the thing that got me the most was the opening sequence of Scream, great. which is of course an absolute look probably in my top ten favorite films in general. Definitely top five horror films, probably top five comedies. It's so funny. But that first scene is like really scary with Drew Barrymore being chased around her house by the ghost yeah. faced man. It's, it's a psychotic. F-
3: fucking great set piece. I watched it again recently. Hold up. That is like a masterpiece ten minutes, that is
4: so good so when her yeah. boyfriends on the watch oh my god yeah i remember watching i also to add to it i watched it on a plane which is terrible in general but also the the fact that it scared me so much and i was on a plane yeah and i was watching it on the in a tiny screen on the back of someone's seat it really still i was like oh my god someone turned the lights on on this plane it's too dark <laughs> everyone open your windows everyone yeah. genuinely Fuck.
3: it's great Hello my neighbour Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva! I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator, where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right! And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs? No more app switching? Can Canva Docs, with magic Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals? Marketing plans? Yeah. Meeting agendas? Ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12? Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbor, Maureen. Yeah, thank you. This is it
1: at purdueglobal.edu. What is
3: the film that you love? People don't like it. Critics don't like it. But you love it unconditionally. What is that film,
4: Leo Reich? Um, it is the, the film and its sequel um, starring Steve Martin and Jean Renault. The, the Pink that. Panther.
3: <laughs> Huge. It's. don't think it's ever come up on this show. Please tell me everything. I am... Steve Martin, fan till I die. Love him so much. Please
4: talk to me. I I think we have memory holder as a a culture. What I will say about the first Pink Panther film, and I've actually spoken out about this previously because I feel very passionate about it, um, is that Beyonce is in that film and performs an original track that is not available anywhere online, but is so good called A Woman Mm. Like Me. It's the production value is so high. Steve Martin is doing, is just giving his all to every second of offending French people, both in France and across the globe. Jean Reno is there for God knows what reason and also signed on for a sequel. It's crazy. It's a crazy little film. Every joke is like kind of the worst joke you've ever heard, but in a way where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they put that in. You know, when you like at the fringe, you go and see like a student sketch show (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, this This is objectively, this is the worst thing that's ever happened, like on a quality le- level. But in terms of how much joy I'm feeling from the top of my head to the bottom of my body, this is the best piece of art that's ever been created because you're having a laugh. I'm having a laugh. The material's so bad that it's circled back to being kind of boundary. <laughs> to make yeah. Beyonce, like to, honestly, to make Beyonce stand there while, while Steve Martin goes into a there's a bit where where Beyonce has to react to Steve Martin going into like a recording studio that he thinks is soundproof and then farts really loudly and then comes back out and she has to like act like she hasn't heard it and if you just look at like just sort of see that from the third person for a, a tiny bit and go that is Beyonce from that's funny being famous fame yeah and she's doing that smell the fart acting
3: wait Listen, a man going into what he thinks is a soundproof booth, but it's objectively (laughs) a very funny idea. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Listen, also, people were like, "How dare he do Pink Panther?" The great Peter Sellers. I, I I may be so bold as to say, the original Pink Panthers ain't that great. Dare I say it? We're not talking about flawless masterpieces.
4: They're quite boring. Totally, and it's also like dare I say.: Oh no, you're dead, you're, you're, You've made the pink panther look like a joke. It's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's the whole concept of the pink Panther, is that yeah, like, stupid stuff happens all the time. Are we going mad?
3: Yeah. What is the film that you used to love, but you've watched recently and you've gone, oh, "I don't like this anymore.
4: thank you very much. This is hard because it's not happened to that many things. I think there's two sections. Half of them are like, oh no, I found something out about the production. And now it's creepy to watch this. Like, blue is the warmest color. Yeah. Like, Manhattan. Yeah. Like that kind of thing mm. where you watch it and you're like, oh no. Yeah. I wish I didn't know all the information about this. <laughs> And then the only other ones I can think of are like really, really teenage boy films where that are made for teenage boys. And there's a period of being a teenage boy where watching like Reservoir Dogs is actually the, like, you, you feel endorphins that have yet to be described by science. Or like you're watching Batman Begins and your drawer is on the floor because you can't believe the genius concept of, I think they're putting poison in the water in that film or something. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But at the time you're like, whoa. That's so clever. And then you go back and and it's not that I don't like Reservoir Dogs now. I still think it's good. It's not that it doesn't hold up. It's just that it's like, it's not hitting my Mm. nervous system in the way that it did when I was 15 years old or watching like Django Unchained being like, Mm. this guy is the, the cleverest man who's ever lived. He's taken a story about history and he's changed parts of it. Whoa! And he says, "Is everyone so rude?" (laughs) Everyone is very rude. You can't believe it. Very, very rude. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I really remember going into school the day after I watched Pulp Fiction and being like, "Guys, you will never guess what? I discovered a really hidden gem (laughs) last night. It's basically this art house classic." About how violence is, is really fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: is it. Fuck.
4: Interesting. Tell me
3: this, Leo Reich. What is the film that means the most to you? Not the film itself, it could be shit, but the experience you had around seeing the film will always make it meaningful to you, Leo Reich.
4: Please. Well, this is my first repeat answer because it's, it is, it's, it's a wonderful life. Oh, and right. I can't. I'm <laughs> be watching The Pink Panther again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Wonderful Life, which I watch every Christmas Eve with my family mm. and grandparents who come from Wales. And there's a thing in it, there's a specific moment in it where he goes, where George Bailey goes to the school dance and um, you've seen him as a kid and you've seen Mary, his love interest, also as a child in the candy store. And she whispers in his ear, "George Bailey, I love you till the day I die." Because he's got a trick ear and he can't hear what she's saying. And this is four minutes into the film. I'm already just shed so many tears that it could flood a country. I'm barely listening to the dialogue anymore. I'm just heave sobbing. But there's a moment where, in the flash forward, where he goes to the school dance and this guy comes up to him and he's like, "Oh, George, would you dance with my kid's sister? It'll give her the thrill of her life." Like that kind of thing. And then the camera, and he's like, I don't want to dance with her. And then he stops mid-sentence because he's seen her across the dance floor. And there's this shot of her face. And it's the first time Donna Reed appears in the movie. And she is lit like she's an angel. And it's like, just the strings swell. And she smiles and she stops talking to the person she's talking to. And it's like incredible. And every time that happens, my granddad makes this noise. (gasps) And it's just like the most beautiful thing in the world. Oh, shit, man. Ah, shit, you're going to make me
3: cry. it appears,
4: appears <laughs> my, and it's like, all right, on cue, my grandma goes,
3: <gasps> That's so sweet.
4: Yeah, because he's so overwhelmed by her beauty and the romance of the moment.
3: <sighs> okay, well, you got that answer correct. Well done. Great, well thank done. you. <laughs> Next, uh, what is the film that you most relate to?
4: Oh, this is uh, this is any film where... The, you know one of those films where the review is like, yeah, this is okay, but I, uh, at a certain point you just feel like the main character is so unlikable that, <laughs> that it's like, why are we following, why should we care about yeah. this entitled brat wandering around doing nothing? Yeah, And I'm like, it's me. <laughs> it's me, oh my God, it's me. It's me in The Worst Person in the World. It's me in <sighs> Tiny Furniture. Uh, <laughs> it's all me yeah. <laughs> Any okay. of those films? also another one was oh, anything I really like watching a film where you're like that is the perfect representation of everything I hate about myself so like Rushmore was a yes. huge one for me watching Rushmore as like a 15 year old and going oh my god that's what I'm like Yeah. just unbearable <laughs> 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 am I sort of yeah. precocious like nerdy but like entitled and like i don't know just irritating kind of like self-aggrandizing delusions of grandeur thinks you're thinks he's an adult is is like writing a play always that was so (laughs) me at the time just always sort of like telling people that i'm writing a play have you written a play yeah i've written a play
3: (laughs) are you gonna put in a play now is that what's next
4: I'm ruling it out? Are you going to put on?
3: Yeah, I put, a fucking, place, put a, it's a, a fucking play. Put a play. Let's put a
4: play. Two hander.
3: You put on a play. You just have to make it not boring, and that is the real challenge of a play.
4: Oh well, Very... we're doing a play. We're, I'm sorry if we're going to put on a play. We're going to put on a play. We're going to make it boring.
3: Okay, we're doing a proper play.
4: I want to do it right. If I'm if yeah. I'm taking something to the theatre, I want to I want to I want to yeah. honour the art form and make it extremely boring. Okay, and so plot ways art funny that everyone hysterically yeah. laughs at.
3: So plot-wise, nothing's going to happen. If you were no. to summarise, it would be like one night in a uh, two old friends reunite and nothing happens.
4: Yes, and it's about the, um, the death of the American empire. Yeah, okay, People we could do hours. that. We
3: could bang that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it could easily be an hour, but it's going to be four hours. And um, <laughs> <laughs> with no change to the plot, no addition, there, no no more incidents happen. Over the next three hours. <laughs> okay,
4: great. Yeah, perfect.
3: And at the end, the sun rises very slowly in the background, in real time.
4: I think it should be in blank in verse time. as well. It should be fully Shakespearean. Fuck it.
3: God, even <laughs> uh, listen, I'm a yesander. And when you said that, it made me sick. <laughs> <laughs>
4: It made me sick and go, I, I don't know if I can even, yes, and the, the Blackface. I want it to have that, That if I ever do a play, I want it to have, you know, when you see a Shakespeare play and they do the kind of, they try and make it funny and they do the sort of cheeky Shakespeare voice to the audience where they're like, and do me a set for a, for a bundle of sticks or whatever. And you're like, what? <laughs> don't say that to me like I meant to know what that means because I don't, because that's old language. Stop, stop trying did. to bring me into this. I'm not in it. Oi, stop trying to pretend that this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
3: I'm not gonna, gonna to fucking learn. fall for it. I'm not gonna yeah. fall. It's this fucking ham. Stop trying to pretend this is fun. You. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, what's the sexiest film you've ever seen? Leo, sexy right?
4: films. So few. This was really. I was thinking about this, and I was like, there are so few actually sexy films. Sexy films uh, like, really I, hard. There's. I. I, I can't
3: agree. Go on. You can't agree. I find it fascinating. There's not many people on the podcast. It comes up occasionally where people go like, I don't know if films are sexy. I'm like, am I a sick pervert or are you mad? <laughs> One of us is mad.
4: <laughs> Wait, what's what's your answer for this? What do you say? Any film. <laughs> Any film? <laughs> <laughs> I find it sexy when people are um, speaking Spanish. So the yeah, yeah, I- yeah, yeah. sex scene in Ichi Mama Tambien, I think it's really sexy. That's a perfect answer. There you go. You get it. Yeah. And also Law of Desire. I really like. That Almodovar film. Ah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it.
4: There's sexy bits in that. I think that I like that maybe more because there are sexy bits in that where people aren't having sex, but it's Mm. still so sexy. There's a bit where she gets drenched with a hose and it's like fully pornographic. And she's Mm. not, she doesn't, no one's naked, no sexual stuff is going on, but it's still somehow like the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life.
3: Yeah, she's getting drenched with a hose. I, can, I, I mean, it does sound...
4: Yeah, as I said it...
3: Sort of. Really, like, there's nothing sexual about it.
4: I was like, this isn't the sort of mundane situation that I'm billing it
3: as. <laughs> <laughs> what about troubling bonus worrying why A film you found arousing you weren't sure you should. Maybe that's any film for you.
4: Yeah, I mean, Frozen, maybe?
3: What, what, what... what what the, fact, the sort of incest element is that? There's what's traveling?
4: Nice they're drawing those people very nice. I would oh, say the,
3: very nice.
4: Very nice. Uh, that big, the big reindeer man, the princess. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all yeah, working. The other thing. Well, uh, this is all. This is just a weird crush that I have at the moment on someone. I watched. Um, yeah. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Great film. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So good. Every film should be like yeah. that, in my opinion. But yeah. I weirdly had a real crush on Benny Safdie in that.
3: Mm, nice choice. Nice I
4: thing, choice. I said it to my out loud to my family, thinking everyone's going to agree with me. And everyone said, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. Because <laughs> I think they've intentionally dressed him ugly.
3: Uh, but then he's a good dad and this sweet man. He's kind and he's trying, you know, he's mm-hmm. gentle and... He's rugged. He's doing stuff in the garden. You know, he's trying in the
4: garden. He's getting yeah. a little muddy in the garden.
3: Yeah, he's getting hosed down. That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for someone who doesn't think films are sexy, you've really got this correct.
4: I don't. I don't think that. That I don't think films aren't sexy. I just think it's like really hard to get it to do it right. Hmm. Like there's it, I, there's rarely a film where I'm like, this is genuinely they've nailed the sex. Have
3: this. you? Uh, seen Out of Sight with no. j and George Clooney. No, get funny.
4: on it. I'm going to get on it. Well, this is the other thing. The other thing that I think ruins sex in movies for me is when people are too hot. If the mm. actors are too hot. Uh, like if you no, looking at some... The Mar- this is why the Marvel guys, whenever like a Marvel... I, and it's why I can't really... I haven't seen that Sydney Sweeney... Um, yeah. Anyone but you. Owl owl thing. <laughs> Anyone but you. <laughs> Anyone but you. Because <laughs> I'm like... If I saw either of these people in real life, I'd turn to dust. Yeah. It's not real. It doesn't make sense to me that you're it also with the with like that male physique, you go, some part of my brain goes, I can't sleep with this person. This person spends all their day in the gym. They don't have time to sleep with me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've wondered that about that is a fair concern.
4: Yeah. It's like a really big timetabling issue, I think, involved. Mm. There's a scheduling conflict. Every day you're having a scheduling conflict. That's not Mm. a healthy relationship. Oh, I can't come to dinner tonight because I'm doing an ab workout and having athletic greens. Yeah. No. I want to eat something with loads of butter in it. Yeah. With someone kind of... A a good four notches more ugly than that.
3: I don't think Glenn Powell is the one for you. I think Benny Safdie is a safer choice.
4: I think so. Can you break it to Glenn Powell?
3: I will, and he's going to be fucking furious. But I will let him know. It's important not to lead him on anymore. No, I know. I'm yeah. I'm really sorry. What is objectively the greatest film of all time?
4: This is also so hard. Obviously, hardest question in the world. You say Singing in the Rain, right? That's the that's the house answer.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the.
4: House I think that's city. pretty good. I think that's like the that's probably the best answer mm. in the mix. I would say All About Eve, maybe. Nice. Very nice. But the only thing about that is like, there's, it's, I feel like the best film ever has to look pretty sexy. Mm. Like, you have to be able to like draw to mind like a classic image.
0: Yeah. And
4: All About Evil, though, it's like, I think probably the best acted and maybe one of the best written films ever. And it's also very Hollywoody, which feels right for this question. I'm not conjuring a, a frame. I can't see, <laughs> I can't see the mise en scène, yeah. Brett you, know what you don't I mean have posters it's not... of any
3: frame from it on your wall.
4: No, you, yeah, exactly. And whereas something like Bridge on the River Kwai, beautiful. or Lawrence of Arabia, beautiful, you go, you could have every single frame is a is a dream.
3: Lawrence of Arabia is fucking great. Yeah, go on.
4: There's no joke. I, I I want at least one joke, probably.
3: I think there is one joke in Lawrence of Arabia, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm sure there's like an early bit where he's being charming, where he says something yeah. vaguely humorous.
4: Yeah, I'll go with that then. I'll say Lawrence of Arabia, even, even right. though it's sort of, I'm sure, does deeply problematic in a, a myriad ways. But the bit where... The, the, what, that one transition where they have the match and it turns into the sun. Yeah. Guess what? I'm sobbing again, because that's, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. The fire of the match turns into the fire of the sun. Are you kidding me? Imagine coming up with that. They must have been jumping for joy.
3: By the way, in our play, that's what happens at the end. One of us lights a match and then the background is a real-time sunrise. Real-time and it takes an hour and we sit in silence.
4: That's genius. If we can pull that off, we'll have done a really fine play.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We'll have done an actual play.
4: (laughs) Yeah, which is kind of the ceiling for doing a play, I think. That's pretty much as good as it can. We did a play is pretty much even all all you can say about doing a play.
3: God, they really did a play. I was very bored. Uh, <laughs> what is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? And if this mm-hmm. is a repeat,
4: that's okay. It's Well, it is probably It's a for Life because I watch it every year. But what the one that I'm always like, oh, stick it on, is um, Four Weddings and a Funeral. That is a
3: fucking great film, for Weddings and a Funeral.
4: It's so mm. good. It's, it's so the best. good.
3: It's so well written and structured and directed and acted. And it's fucking funny. It's really good and kind of undervalued. devastating. Valued. Yeah. Because of everything that came after it. It's got a little bit of everything.
4: Yeah. Yes. Like, I really, I'm a huge fan. The bit where Kristen so- Scott Thomas is wearing a black satin slip dress. in she's in a room in a, in a Scottish castle. She's wearing a gold bangle for some reason on her, like bicep, in a fashion mm. that I've never seen before or since. And she tells Hugh Grant that she's always been in love with him. Is just the most amazing, painful, powerful,
0: yeah.
4: like earnest scene. Also in the middle of a rom com to do such an earnest, no jokes in that scene. Yeah. It's just, it's just this kind of side character being like. By the way, I'll always agree to press because I'm, I'm deeply in love with you and I know you don't love me back. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. in there, honey. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's like uh, Chloe in Smallville. Yeah. it's something about Four Wands in Funeral and I think it's Mike Newell. There's something about it. It's like, this is a fucking classy film as well. Like, it feels like something about the way it's shot and it feels big and not cheesy there's something very like it's
4: quite cool that's a great film, like the style of it, the kind of clothes and the haircuts it's all like shabby enough. Mm. You feel like they're real people in a way that in the like later Richard Curtis films, you're like you've done shabby like shabby is the point, but right. you've paid a billion pounds for that turtleneck jumper, whereas in four weddings it's like you truly picked that up in a vintage shop and yeah. You look like a like a guy I know. Hugh Grant weirdly looks like a guy I know in that. A, a hot guy that I know. For sure. Sure. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. That with a guy with the looks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. A fuckable guy.
3: Yeah. That's it. It's sort still of not glossy, him. right?
4: Yeah. yeah it's not him. glossy. It's not yeah. glossy. And people's hair is bad. Like their hair is like fully bad as some of those characters. Mm. And they felt, wear stuff that doesn't really fit. And the weddings are like nice, but they're not clean. Yes. It's like they're in a big marquee and you can see like bits flapping off the marquee. It's still a really nice wedding, but it's not yeah. like, oh my God, they, they clearly have a production team making sure that that bit doesn't flap.
3: Yes. You know I mean, it's got <laughs> flappy bits. That's what makes it. Flappy bits. It's the flappy bits.
4: <laughs> and then at the end, she says, Is it raining? I haven't noticed. Great job done. Incredible film. And he reads Choppel the Clocks
3: in the middle. Yeah, fuck. And that was huge. And now that's huge. the very thing that happens a lot. Yeah, it that put W.H. Auden on the map. Yeah. No one cared before. <laughs> and also, she's so in love because it's really raining. Yeah. Like, it's not, even, it's not like a drizzle. It's not spitting. Like, it is a torrential it's downpour. Boring. And she has to know Like, that's love. That's real it's, true raining bruv <laughs> like you know what I mean
4: <laughs> that's that's for weddings and a funeral too
3: <laughs> what is the worst film you've ever seen let's not be too negative please but what's the worst uh, film you've ever
4: not seen not be too negative I have such well, literate, so uh, many okay. films. I'm a real sure hater oh, no. well I feel like that, well, again there's kind of two ways a film can be bad it can yes. be bad because it's like this is badly made the acting's bad the script's bad you know, The yes. Room style or like Highlander yes. Two, whatever, and you kind of have a laugh watching it. But it's not, it's not super serious. It's like, oh my god, these people made a bad movie because they they're not really good at making a movie. And then other films are bad because they're like evil, <laughs> or like they they have like a spirit of like satanic darkness deep yes. within the logic of the film, where yes. you just are left haunted for days by the memory of watching, for example, Bohemian Rhapsody, and you just can't get over it. Or like the, the Iron Lady really did that for me for some reason. I was like, ha, this is keeping me up at night that they've made this. But the one one film that really is the pinnacle of both bad in both ways to me mm. is, I don't know if you caught the film Sucker Punch when it came out.
3: The Zack Snyder dreamscape, girls in, in an asylum being very hot mm-hmm. and fighting.
4: Mm-hmm. That no, is I haven't actually seen
3: Sucker Punch.
4: Truly. And my experience was probably the best cinema experience I could have had because it was after school. I was maybe 14 and I was having this like weird sort of psychosexual relationship with a boy in my school and we were sitting next to each other and he was fully feeling me up through the whole film. So I should have loved it. Yeah. I should have loved it. And yeah, I was so turned off (laughs) (laughs) by (laughs) the character development on screen. (laughs) (laughs) And it made the whole experience really just traumatic. Were
3: you like whispering, I'm so sorry, these backstories are making me flaccid.
4: The um, one thing I will say about Sucker Punch, which I, I sometimes go back to to sort of make myself feel more, I guess, calmer in this job, is I watch it, I'll, I'll watch the trailer and I'll remind myself, they let him make another film after this. Someone many, let him do that. Many films, mm. many, many films after he made truly... <laughs> I really recommend it. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> Every sequence is somehow bad in like seven different ways, but like ranging genuinely from like morally reprehensible to just like looks ugly and everything in between. And you just, you just can't believe it. And they really pack a lot in as well. There's like a lot mm. in there. There's a World War One sequence. There's a samurai sequence. There's yeah. a bit where they all do a... <laughs> A lap dance that is so hypnotic um, that they manage to escape the prison kind of sex dungeon that they're all enslaved in. It sort of slightly hints that it's feminist at certain points, but everyone yeah. is in purely a bra. It's just nuts. Are you sure this isn't the greatest film ever made? You, I'm confused. It it's actually walks that line sometimes. Sometimes you're like, wait, is this genius? And then one of the characters will say one of the lines that they've written. And you go, No. No, it's not (sighs) you.
3: Well, you're in comedy. You're very funny. You're a bloody award
4: winner. What's the film that made you (laughs) laugh the most? Leo, right? This is a really like this is a basic answer, but unfortunately, I do think that it is just true that the funniest film in the world is Brian Smith. Uh, For me. It it is. It's so funny. It hasn't been beat since i don't think i don't think so Mm. i don't think so i just really and i've seen that film maybe 20 times and every single time i'm like and it's really entered my vocabulary in such a big way that i will do the intonation of oh Helen knows the owner (laughs) just just every day of my life (laughs) the rhythm of it is so in me it's so great yeah yeah it's
3: fucking great
4: there's one thing that annoys me about bridesmaids can i speak on that (laughs) you you can speak to this can I speak to this? Can I speak to this issue? There's one thing that annoys me about Bridesmaids. It's the only flaw in an otherwise perfect film. Mm-hmm. Um, is that when she is leaving John Hamm's house and she gets stuck on the gate, okay. mm-hmm. they use bird song <laughs> in the background. And the bird song they use is a chaffinch, which is a mm-hmm. European bird, and the film is set in America. Wowie. Guys, you were so close. <sighs>
3: That is that is interesting. As someone who has occasionally been lucky enough to make stuff, when you go into the sound mix, always the first thing that they play you is so much bird song that you're like, where is the, where is this scene taking place? In a sanctuary? There's so yeah. many birds. Too many it's birds.
4: Often, it really takes me out of it because I'm like, I, I was a massive obsessive birdwatcher when I was like really? in my early teens. Um, which sort of explains quite a lot. How does that
3: start? And what what are you what are you doing all day? I've never quite understood it.
4: <laughs> How does it start? I don't know. It's just sort of long walks in the countryside, you'll see a bird, you'll be like, you'll <laughs> you'll go, what's that then? <laughs> right. I what right. that is. And one thing leads to another. Suddenly you're you're watching bridesmaids and you can't invest in the characters because there's a chaffinch in the background. It's a very slippery slope.
3: So you're like collecting seeing a bird, a different type of bird.
4: Is that different the game? kinds of birds? Yeah. And yeah. then you're like, I wonder where that bird's going. That kind of stuff. You're kind of constantly going, Oh my God. Well, it's one thing I do think is really underrated about birds. Hmm. Not, not, this isn't the theme of the podcast. I do realize that. But one birds thing is really underrated about yeah. birds is that they can fly.
3: Yeah, it, it is See? amazing. You really take it for granted.
4: I'm sorry. That is like that. From is
3: standing crazy. as well, from a
4: standing start. From a standing star, they are suddenly flying through the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Pretty> what? Cool. <laughs> and we're all just like sort of walking around the park, pretending not to see it. It's yeah. fucked. Look at That's... the bird. So
3: do you still bird watch?
4: Occasionally. Got my binoculars. I'll have a peep out the window. See what's up.
3: Because to be like, uh, you know, there's like observing the world. Oh, look, there's a bird, lovely. But to be mm-hmm. a bird watcher, is there like, is it sort of like a thing of like, can you see this rare bird that's very hard to see? Is that the buzz?
4: There's a um, little bit of the that. thing. Right. There's a, a thrill of the unexpected. Yeah. So if you're like in a place and you're like, this guy should not necessarily be here, but then right. here he is. Because nature is magic.
3: <laughs> yeah, great. Right. So, so basically it's like being on acid. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs>
4: like is... being on acid.
3: Right. And do you have to like take a picture of the bird or is it just for here? Just for the head? It's, yeah, not, it's, like a, it's, it's not like Pokemon. It's not about that. <laughs> right it's about being present and enjoying it's about
4: being present at the moment Although it's so hard to take a picture of a bird because as we mentioned before they're often like flying around and sort of moving a about standing start. and such a
3: do you have bird watching is there a community that you you will write to or call i just
4: saw this bird and they go wow there is of course the london birders wiki page for latest sightings that you can add your sightings to. There's also, I, I follow Pembrokeshire birds because that's where my grandparents live. West Wales. <laughs> Fascinating. No good bird movies, though. Not really a single good bird movie.
3: There's a new film called Migration coming. Okay. Or maybe it's out now. It's an animated film. I suspect everyone dies and it's tragic. But well, maybe not. It's Illumination might be more fun.
4: Yeah, there was Rio. Rio, I, really, yeah. I couldn't really get on board with
3: that. What about the fucking flight of the things? The documentary? Light like of the things, the documentary, you know, like Marshall of penguins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marshall of penguins. Do they count? <laughs> do
4: Not they count? I mean, do they count? I mean, you're picking the one bird that doesn't fly. Way to miss the trick.
3: Yeah, you're right. But there is there is a film that follows the birds migrating, and they put like sort of mini balloons on the birds. So they had like cameras on the birds for their migrating pattern. I think you.
4: Should yeah, see that. that kind of doesn't gel with my my appreciation oh. of birds is very much like leave them yes. it, leave it a mystery
3: right right okay
4: <laughs> so it, it's a very peaceful thing to do this
3: bird watching Malarkey.
4: yeah, yeah it is it's really good because it's also it's you feel very um you have to kind of give up your sense of control i'm quite like a controlling mm. I'm not a control freak and so when you're watching a bird you're like that is not to do with me <laughs> yeah wow so I do you sometimes set aside a day? I'm going bird watching this afternoon. Yeah, big wow. time. Interesting. Yeah, so that's what I think a bridesmaid is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hello, my neighbour Maureen. What's this I hear about you getting a promotion at the office? Didn't you just get promoted last month? It's all thanks to Canva! I've been nailing every meeting with AI-powered Canva presentations. Isn't that Canva's AI slide generator, where you just describe your presentation in a few words and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds? That's right! And to top it off, I use Magic Write, Canva's AI text generator, to perfect my points. Sounds brilliant, Maureen. No more copying and pasting from other programs? No more app switching? Can Canva Docs, with Write generate any text you want for work? Yes. Sales proposals? Marketing plans? Yeah. Meeting agendas? Ratings of all 12 Muppet movies using the extensive point system that I developed at age 12? Anyone can save time with Canva's AI-powered tools. Generate your draft fast with Canva Docs at canva.com designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbor,
1: Maureen. Yeah, thank you. This is it.
2: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
3: Leo Wright, you've been an absolute delight.
2: However,
3: when okay. you was walking along Worthing Pier, looking at your, your Insta stories, and you were doing a little game with yourself. You looked away for a bit and you, and you thought, imagine, you thought to yourself, imagine I'm just a guy. Imagine I'm just a normal person and I, and I know nothing. And you look back down at your Insta stories and you shook your head wistfully and you said, this is fucking brilliant. And <laughs> you chuckled and you chuckled, and you're looking at it. And you walked straight off the pier. They'd left a the gate open because they were fixing something. The tide was out and like a bull landing on wet sand, you, your face went straight through a rock. It was it was dark, and I was w- walking around the the beach with a coffin. You know what I'm like. I was on my holidays, and uh, and I go, Eesh, "What? Oh, that's a mess. What's that?" And I go, "Oh no, that's not. Oh, is that voice of a generation, Leo? Right? Uh, who oh will speak? Gosh. Who will speak for that generation?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And I and I turn around. There's people wailing, people wailing because the, they don't know who will speak for them. And I go, yeah. "I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys." And I go. But remember, that special was so good. He never has to follow it up now. And they went, oh, you're right. And they all started clapping. They felt better. And I said, and remember, now he'll never write a play. And everyone went, oh, this is great news. This is such great news. <laughs> and uh, and I said, help me Help me with this. And we had to sort of get you off the rocks. But you were like stuck in some the rocks. So some of the rocks coming with you. Having to like smash up bits of your body. Anyway, I get all of you in the coffin. It's rammed. It's I'm rammed. sorry. It's very busy in there. There's only really enough room for me to slip one DVD in the side for you to take across to the other side. But on the other side, it's movie night every night in the the round-the-world buffet made by the man at the beginning of Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show the food people in the food court
4: when it's your movie night, Leah Reich? food people in the food court will be treated to a beautiful, potentially, depending on the time of year, anachronistic showing of its a wonderful life, I think it's gotta be done. Go,
3: <gasps> when Donna Reed appears. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> Leo, right? What a delight. Is there anything you would like to tell people to listen to, watch out for, or any such
4: thing with you coming up? Uh not really, just the special. It's still it's the, the kind of endless hell of releasing something silently to streaming. Um yes. is that it's still very much available. To watch. Do watch it. It's a laugh.
3: It's very good. It's very, very <laughs> it's good. On,
4: um, it's on HBO Max mm. in, Amer- in the United States of America. It's on Sky and Now TV in the go, United Kingdom. And it's also in Australia, but I can never remember kind of why or how. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. <laughs> if that's kind of your thing you're in Australia. If your thing is being
3: Australian and living in that country.
4: It's also, I think, I think it's available in, I want to say Norway, because I'm getting a lot of Instagram DMs in Norwegian. Unless that's something else. But I don't know what it would be because I haven't done anything else.
3: (laughs) I think you should look into that. Leo, I've enjoyed this immensely. Me too. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank
4: you so much.
3: Have a wonderful day. Good day to you, sir. So that was episode 285. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets, and video with Leo. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, but write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read, it helps numbers, etc., and it's very much appreciated. Thank you so much to Leo for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobies Pip and the Straction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics, Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another cracking guest. Thank you all for listening. I really hope you're all well. That is it for now. Have a lovely week. And in the meantime, please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other.